Welcome to DieKingdom.com, Church and Society. Uh, to my viewer, I want to say welcome to DieKingdom.com, Church and Society. Making heaven like earth. The prophetic voice. The prophetic voice, we continue to proclaim God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Again, 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 I want to, I want to welcome you, uh, my listener, every weekend, 5 p.m. Central Time, right here on Facebook Live. Again, welcome to DieKingdom.com, Church and Society. And today we, got, today we have a very, very interesting topic. And as we go through today's uh, our topic, I just want to pause for a moment. We have lost more than 100,000 American lives to coronavirus. And our flag is still flying full length, not half length. I don't know why. But I think with the death of 100 plus thousand Americans, our flesh should have been flown across the nation halfway. I don't know why. And I also want to pause as we talk about ah, talk about another virus that is deep into American society, into our society, that is in belly. very deep into our society. And to those out there demonstrating for justice, I just want to echo the words of Martin Luther King. In the final analysis, a riot is the language of the unheard. And what is it that America has failed to hear? It's our country listening to us, black and brown people. As you know, I kind of dynamic. I love to go to a bunch of PowerPoints that I prepare to share with my audience as we discuss today's topic. Again, I want to say welcome to Diakinacom Church and Society, making heaven like earth. Making heaven like earth. Diakinacom Church and Society with Reverend Davis. And my friends, my listeners out there, if you want to be part of this conversation, you are welcome to join me. Uh, you need a Zoom to join me by video, and that's my MIDI ID and password. And you will be alive, and we, can, and we will be able to dialogue this unique topic that we're about to talk about. Just out of one hour time, we would be living the air again i want to say thank you for joining me here on church and society uh you can also join the conversation by phone by dying that phone number 312-626-6799 and it will ask you for the uh, media id and passcode you can put it in and you can be a part of this conversation 
Today, June 6, all that cannot come. Racism and white backlash. Oh, I know most of us, uh, most people do not know or do not understand when we talk about white backlash. Uh, to this topic, it comes from this unique book written by the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, where do we go from here? Chaos or community? It was a question that Martin Luther King asked in the 60s in the Civil Rights Movement. But being uh, African-American theologians and black liberation theologians, I think it's necessary that every Americans and black brown people find a time to read this book, to buy this book. Because I believe the words and readings from this book was prophetic. Now is the time. So now is the question our government need to answer. Our congressman, where do we go from here? Chaos our community. Do we continue demonstrating that nothing happened? Or do we come together as a community, as people created in the image and likeness of God coming together and holding hands and saying we shall overcome and talking about the issue of racial justice here in America. It's deep. It's deep. It's deep. So go further. <clears throat> The big question that I want to ask, you know, uh, what is racism? Uh, there are so many definitions for racism. There are people with we, we define this different ways, but but here is why Dr. King said racism is. He said is a philosophy based on a contempt for life. It is the arrogant assertion that one race is the center of value and object of devotion. Before which other race must need in summation. I love that the King definition. That because I'm brown, I'm black, I'm less than. So I should be able to subject myself to what America. And simply that's what Dr. King is saying. But I've most of the time when I preach, I use this phrase, everybody is God's somebody. So the issue of race, then we ask ourselves, where is the church? In the midst of what is happening, where is the church? And where has the church been in the issue of racism in America? It's very sad to see as a preacher, The church has been part of the problem of racism. The church has been part of the problem of educating that one person is less than. The church and government taught racism. So it is the time for us to come together and undo what was taught. And we can do it. When we come together, we can undo what was taught. That one person, another race is less than the other. 
the beginning of America's original sin. I often call racism America original sin. If you're a church person, you know it's about reaching the sin. And at the beginning, Adam is sin against God. And, and, and we say we're born with that original sin. The original sin. That's America reaching the sin. On this day in 1619, Tony and Anglos kidnapped by the Portuguese arrived in the British colony of Virginia and are then brought by English colonists. The arrival of the enslaved Africans in the New World marked a beginning of two and a half centuries of slavery in North America. The greatest evil happened on the planet was slavery. And for North America, it began 1619. But guess what? Those who were kidnapped and brought to North America by Portuguese. Do you know where they came from? They came from a breath country, Liberia, West Africa. They came from the west coast of Africa. The wild west at the time it was called. So my ancestors were kidnapped. All those years ago, by Portuguese. And they were brought to the shore of Virginia. You see, I'm an immigrant. But you see the connection? The first batch of people that came to America, they were my ancestors. They came from the Wild West. What is today called Liberia. That's where they came from. That's where... They came from our ancestors. They were kidnapped. And that began the evil of slavery. The evil of racism. That's when it began. And it went on and on. And our people were enslaved on plantation. A deeper story, a story that I can be able to explain and talk about for ye for hours. For hours, I can talk about this story. Because I continue to study, I continue to research my story, my connection. The black and brown people here in America today. And I found that connection. The first batch of slaves came from a native country Liberia the wild west at the time that is called today Liberia which means land of the free America's original saint so why it is America's original saint if the first slave arrived in the 1600s and America got her independent in the 1700s See how, how, how difficult it is to comprehend. For Thomas Jefferson to write these words. That all men are created equal. Endowed by the creator. That was a fallacy. The funding documents that said all men were created equal. That was a fallacy. That was a lie. 
Because our ancestors, they were not free during that time. So it's impossible to say all men were created equal in the minds of Thomas Jefferson. It was all white men are created equal. Not even white women at the time. That was his thought. Because it cannot be all men. And during that time, our brothers and sisters, our ancestors, were enslaved. They were dehumanized. They were raped daily. They were beaten. So that's impossible. But you see, for us to go to the table of brotherhood, we must discuss and dialogue. America's original sin. We must dialogue America's original sin. Because if we do not dialogue America's original sin before coming to a resolution, there will not be a resolution. As a conflict practitioner, you must be able to have that difficult conversation that most of my Caucasian friends, brothers, do not love to have we must have this conversation. We must have this conversation. Because when we do, then we are on the road for true liberation and true freedom. Then we are able to live that creed that all men are created equal and thou by his or her creator. Until then, no, it remains a fallacy. It remains false. It remains untrue. Racism, America's original sin. Racism. That's the beginning of America's original sin. Then let's just look at a little tape of what scholars and other people said about what do we consider the uh, the the white back lodge? What back lodge? What is white backlash? The resentment over the pace of the civil rights movement in the 1960s came to be known as the white backlash. And it still plays a role in affecting policy today. The white backlash. As I go further in the show, I'm going to discuss a little detail about the emancipation when it was signed on July 1st in the 1800s. I will talk a little bit about it. Then it will connect to how the white backlash are played into policy. For government to make policy to make people's lives better. But what do we hear? The black man is lazy. He do not want to work. He do not want to do anything. But imagine the 1800 freedom. It was no freedom. It was no freedom at the time. It was empty freedom. Because after our people, our work, our ancestors are worked to build this country what it is. They were let go with nothing. But we're going to talk about that later on in the show. So the web backlash. 
there's a professor at Cornell University. He writes, a lot of prominence of the white backlash saw racial equality as some special gift, some special demand by African Americans, when it was simply a demand for social justice and equality. He said, I think we see the same thing with a language like all lives matter. It's another invasion of demands for equality in which people who are more privileged relative to others feel like their privilege is being taken away when we shine a spotlight on injustice in American society. And I love what this professor said. Yes, people feel their privileges. We are trying to take away their privileges and everything we want to take from them. But no, but no, we are just screaming social justice and racial inequality, the inequality, the injustice of inequality. That's why we are screaming. Give everybody the same chance. Give everybody the same chance. When we say black lives matters, we are not just talking about now. We're talking about America's original sin. We're talking about back from our ancestors being taken from Africa, bring brought to America, work on plantation day and night, and build the economy of America. And they were let go without a dime, without a land, without a property. So our life matters. We are not saying our life doesn't matter. But when we say all, when we say black life matters, and when people saying all life matters, as the professor is saying, is white backlash. You have to be the place you are. We have been taught you are not equal to us, so you got to remain where you are. So when you take a step going closer to equality in America, we're going to respond in a way that is not fruitful, that is not helpful. Why backlash? Backlash in the United States. This back to at least the period after the Civil War, known as the Reconstruction, when there was a brief experiment in racial equality and interracial democracy. Now they will go back to history. Freedom happened. The Reconstruction period. Our people have been left with nothing. But as Asherton says, they have the knees on our neck, but still our ancestors were able to move forward. Then if you come down to the civil rights movement time, when what America reinforced its original sin, by passing laws of segregation, 
condemned. Before getting rid of uh, laws of segregation, America democracy, America government taught that black and brown people were less human because there were laws of segregation. That you go, you go to this place and that place. This place is for white only. This place is for black, is for black or color people. That was America teaching racism. So racism is deep. It's embedded into the American's root. But the question is, how can we come together? How can we? As a people, understand that everybody has got somebody. That we can be able to come together and start a dialogue. And talk about America's original sin. And after talking about it, then, that we can be able to repent. And ask forgiveness. Can we do it in this generation? I believe as America changed, we can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Martin Luther King again. He said, to find the origin of, uh, of the Negro problem, we must turn to the white man's problem. As I said earlier, the issue of racism has been taught by the structure, by the country, by the state, enforced by the church, by the church distorting the scripture and telling our ancestors that scripture demands them to be submissive, telling them. That one of Noah's child was black. He was the cursed one. So that's the reason blacks and brown people are cursed. And they should be able to submit. Submit. To white America. The churches taught that. They preached that. So the state and the church taught racism. So now for us to be able to come together at the table of brotherhood, the church and the state have to unteach them. How to teach love. How to proclaim that God's kingdom. There is no less than. In the book of Revelation, they say, who do you see coming? And say, those are them that washed the rope in the blood of the Lamb. And he said, they came from every race, from every color, from every nation, from every places on the earth. So the idea that deep within you, you can be, you take another human less than and claim to be a Christian. According to Revelation, it's just be difficult that you will be able to have a place with every race and every color. I just think it'll be difficult. I'm not passing judgment, but it would just be difficult for you to be in such a place. It was just difficult for you to be in such a place.
If you get deep hatred for another person because of the color of their skin, then there's a problem. Martin Luther King again. And from this wonderful book, where do we go from your chaos a community? And if you just join us, we are talking about racism and white backlash in America. The roots of racism are very deep in America. Historically, it was so acceptable in the national life that today it still only let the burdens the conscience. Like I said, it was taught. Americans were taught to hate. Americans were taught to say that black and brown people were less human. Renowned clergy people preached in pulpits. During the time of slavery, they preached in pulpits. The one with less than. The Miss Slavery League. And you will not believe it. One of the greatest preachers of the Great Awakening, George Whitfield. In the colony of Georgia, he advocated. A preacher, George Whitfield, advocated for slavery to be legal in Georgia for him to have a slave farm and plantation. He did have one. But he claimed to be a preacher. He had a slave farm. He dehumanized people that did not look like him. And Josh Wilfie and John Wesley had a serious problem with that issue of slavery. John Wesley was against slavery from its very, very inception on the continent of Europe. He was against it totally till he left this earth. And that was, uh, that, that was one of the reasons he and George Whitefield had a difference and their friendship fell apart because of George Whitefield. Encouragement of slavery and using and distorting the scripture to promote the evil of slavery, the evil of racism. So it's deep into the America. Laws were passed for people to be in for racism. Law were passed. As a black man, you cannot go certain places. There were places for white only. There were places for color people. So you see how racism is deep and embedded into American society? It's deeper than you think. It's deeper than you think. A man in Virginia, loving, he got married to a Caucasian man, got married to a color woman, a black woman. And the state of Virginia said, no, because it's illegal. Because you are less than him and you cannot marry a black woman, cannot marry a white man. So those who, who study the law and those of us who 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 this instead in law, uh, loving versus Virginia. It was a Supreme Court ruling that allows, you know, for people to be able to marry the woman they want to get married. 
So if this law was stay in place, I wasn't going to be married because my wife is white. That's how deep and embedded racism is rooted. It's rooted. It's rooted. Dr. King was right. The roots of racism are very deep in America. Yes, it is. So it's not a little, it's not a small battle we are fighting. It's something I've been taught. It's something that I've been taught by the state and also by the church. That another person is less human. Martin Luther King again. The stones of your houses are cement with the blood of African slaves. Martin Luther King was proclaiming. Martin Luther King was proclaiming, and he was right. The stones of your houses are cemented with the blood of African slaves. And that's true. Our ancestors built this country. This country. Our immigrations and immigrants start to come. Then you hear the white backlash. Go back to your country. Go back to where you come from. We built this country. I was just reading an article uh, about the United Nations uh, 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 speaking to the issue of racism since George Floyd's death. But you know what the United Nations need to do? And African leaders, why do they need to tell the United Nations what the United Nations need to do? They need to proclaim and admit that slavery, the murderings of black people that took place, they didn't call it a genocide. It was the greatest evil. But from where I come from, the west coast of Africa, which was called the West, the, the, the Wild West, uh, during the 1400s and uh, when slavery started, even from the 1600s, before it came to North America, between that time period, three, three, uh, two to three millions of our ancestors were murdered because they were packed with sardines and sheep and some of them didn't make it to, 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 to the Americas. They were thrown out overboard in the ocean. Two to three millions of our ancestors were murdered. That's genocide. Two to three million. That's genocide. Is the United Nations now ready to admit to the war and admit to the world the greatest evil that ever took place on this earth the murder of more than one million people in transportation to what was considered the new world that would be a that would be a fine step for the United Nations as they talk about racism that would be a fine step by saying a genocide was committed against our ancestors during the time of slavery. A genocide. United Nations ready to admit that? If 
if they want to go further and talk about this, they need to admit that a genocide took place during the time of slavery. They need to. What is white backlash according to Dr. King? The white backlash is an expression of the same vacillations, the same search of real rationalization, the same lack of commitment that have always characterized white America on the question of race. As soon as you start to talk about race, some of them, just few in a minority, will say, Oh, don't play the race game. Why backlash? Why backlash? When an NFL player, Kaepernick, when he took a knee in protest of police killing our brothers and sisters, you heard the word backlash. Oh, don't disrespect our flag. Oh, don't disrespect the flag. But my fellow Americans, even when the when the Congress went even at the time the first American flag was approved in the 1700s, my brother, my ancestors were still slaves. They were less human. They were less human. When that proud flag was flying, my ancestors, they were still slaves. Then you tell me don't take a knee and you make it up a military. But guess what? Our ancestors, our blacks, heroes, and they fought during the war. It wasn't about the flag. The backlash was about, why dare you, let him on, kneel down when the pride of this flag for it first existing, you were nobody. How dare you kneel down to it? That's just an indication of all the backlash. With all the backlash about the flag. But I think, I think it was yesterday the NFL commission he, he apologized and but I think he needed to do more because there was no no team higher carbonate during that time no team no team hire him no team hire him during that time and now they apologize and yeah we accept apologies but you have to do more You have to do more. You have to do more. Religion and the Bible were cited and distorted to support the status quo, the institution of slavery. I just talked about it. The church too, the church, the country, the us an apology. The scripture was distorted to be able to promote the institution of slavery. There are people that Christians and, 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 and theologians and, and people adore as great preacher of the gospel of Christ. Like George Wilfie. 
Joshua if you are just another oppressor or just another man that look at the black man and less him scripture was distorted scripture was distorted Okay. Yeah, scripture was distorted. Martin Luther King again. America has stayed to the far country of racism. America versus the practical story analogy. In Martin Luther King writings in, uh, under the topic of uh, racism and the white backlash, he compares the story of America, which I agree with, the story of America as the story of the prodigal son. He said, America has stayed to the far country of racism. The far country of racism. Like the prodigal son, the prodigal son, when he left his father, he wanted everything. He went out. But the prodigal son realized and came back to the father and the father embraced him. But America do not want to come back. And I know America, the Americans were capable of coming back. Coming back to those creeds. To live of that creed, all men are created equal, endowed by his creator, enable rights. Until we can be able to start a dialogue on racism, until the church, the country, until we can put in policy, not just policy, after we are putting policy and different, different things, we as a nation ought to start a dialogue about America's original sin. Until we do that, then we will remain to this prophetic word of Dr. King. Americas has stayed to the far country of racism. Stay to the far country of racism. Until we can come back to live to that true code. Indivisibility with liberty and justice for all until we can come to that call, then we as a people can be able to come down together at the tables of brotherhood as prophesied by Dr. King. We ought to realize that racism is deep and belly into America DNA. It was taught, it was legislated, racism. People have power, they use it to oppress a certain race because the color of their skin. Until we do that. But the good news, we can't. 
We can't. The attempt to give moral sanction to a profitable system gave birth to the doctrine of white supremacy. That was Dr. King. Hmm. The attempt to give moral sanction to a profitable system. And you know what a profitable system was? Slavery. Slavery was profitable. Slavery, the farms and plantation, slavery, the institution of slavery built America, make what America it is today because of our forefathers. And it gave birth to that doctrine of white supremacy that you are less than. If you are black, you are a brown person, you are less than. You are less than. Which is sad. I don't want to keep you for more than an hour, so I'm going to go to our next. Uh, January 1st, 1863, Emancipation Proclamation. Here we say, four million newly liberated slaves found themselves with no bread to eat, no land, to cultivate no shelter to cover their heads how can that be freedom our ancestors have built an economy built a country by enslaving and dehumanizing them on plantation across North America across America and then come Abraham Lincoln I don't want to go deeper into Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln been said half years about about slavery, about people being less human than. It was just a way to get rid of, find a means to get rid of the uh, the the uh, our ancestors, or maybe send it back to Africa or somewhere after they had built America. But they left them nothing to eat, and you can't call that freedom. No, that's not freedom. There was no pay. It's just like you imprison. In, in, in today's America, you imprison somebody wrongly for, for, for 35 years or for 40 years and after they get out of prison and you do not compensate them. So now if you, if you go to prison wrongly, when you leave from prison, they compensate you. But our ancestors were not compensated. Our ancestors were not compensated. And after the left on slavery, that was no freedom. Then what came later? What came later? What came later? Segregation. So our sister wasn't free. I felt so amazing when 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 Al Shetton said, "Get your knees off our neck." Your knees be on our neck, but still our people, our ancestors were able to move forward. They claimed emancipation was freedom, but freedom, no bread to eat, no land to cultivate. So how did we, 
How did America expect our forefathers to live? How America expected those people who have labor on plantation have built America, left them to go with nothing? That's I. I don't want to keep you for more than an hour, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go through my final slide very fast. And I want to say welcome to Dakinacom Church and Society. Making God's kingdom, making heaven like earth. Backlash in the U.S. presidency. In reality, nobody want to hear this, but in reality, the election of President Donald J. Trump was just another white backlash. You heard this guy? The Republican goal would be to make Barack Obama a one-term president. It wasn't about policy. Obama having taken power, he had just been in, he had just been elected, and somebody said this. That's where backlash. Why dare the American people elect a black man to rule our country? Because we know when Thomas Jefferson said all men are created equal, he meant white men. What dared America elect him? That was so bad. This wasn't about politics. This wasn't about a political party. No. This was a white backlash. That America elected a black guy to sit in his house built by his ancestors' labor. That's just simple. That was why backlash. We're in a majority. We are getting lower. We are not in a minority. And since Donald Trump, he get all these racist rhetoric. You know, Mexican, go back to your home. You are rapists and call black people dumb. And so sad. I'm educated more than him. He called black people uh, are dumb. I'm educated more than him. That's a reality. That's a fact. The white backlash and the U.S. presidency. That was it. It wasn't about politics. When Barack was president, when, when they called him Muslim, they asked for a birth certificate. They said he was Arabs. Those were white backlash. It wasn't about policy. No, it wasn't about policy. It wasn't about policy. That's it. That's, but nobody want to talk about it. Nobody want to say it. Because when you say when you start to talk about it, they say, oh, don't play the race card. How will we move forward if we cannot have this difficult conversation? As a conflict practitioner and conflict resolution, there's a dialogue that we lead we call having difficult conversation. How do we have difficult conversation? And difficult conversation is a good thing to have, to move forward. You must be able to have this difficult conversation. The person he was giving Barack, no, it was quite backlash. That's why Donald Trump became president. The minority of America who are racist and, you know, the minority, there are people who just think black man is less than. That's a reality. That's a fact. That's a truth. And we have to talk about it. We have to search our hearts. 
because this is deep. This was taught by the state and the church. That one kind of person was less than. Racism in the U.S. presidency. You see, the only difference between Donald Trump and uh, maybe Ronald Reagan, uh, Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln, you know, they, they weren't. They didn't say I bully in front of everybody. And this in presidential library, when they report, they, they, uh, one of the recording hours reported, uh, 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 Reagan, he and Reagan was having conversation. And Reagan referred to a, couple, a, 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 a bill that was passed in the United Nations, and he referred to the Africans as monkeys. That was just recently, it just recently came in the paper because after a uh, uh, nascent uh, 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 presidential library. But it, it wasn't broad, yeah. Thomas Jefferson, he had slaves, but still he was able to write that all men are created equal and died by the Creator. That's a fallacy. He didn't mean us because at the time our ancestors were slaves, so we got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. And the issue of Donald Trump, people get on the, on the media, they're being talking, oh, he's not racist, oh, he just talked. No, the guy's a racist. I have said it. When I was associate pastor in Ames, uh, first in the Church, I was preaching and I told them, I'm not shocked that my president is a racist, but I'm just bothered how other people support him. That's why I've been bothering me since then. But I know you, I know very well the guy's a racist. That's not difficult to know. There are so many instances. There is nothing difficult about it to say uh, our president is a racist. He is. But nobody want to say it. Nobody want to talk about it. Nobody want to talk about it. But that's the reality. And you see the demonstration when he when, when he took the Bible, the Bible that he had to read, he doesn't know why it is to be a Christian. He took the Bible and, and, and played that stump and asked the police to get rid of people threatening to, 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 to invoke the, the Insurrection Act. That, that was white backlash. That was white backlash. That's what was happening. What dare you uh, 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 call for equal justice? Well, how dare you say black left matters? How dare you walk the street? That was it. It was a backlash. It was a backlash. It was a human abuse. And that was an infringement of constitutional rights of our fellow Americans. But here is it, folks. And here's the reality. Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matters. If you think this matters to you, you're going to speak about it. That's what Dada King said. Our lives begin to, 
begin to end. The day we become silent about things that matter. Jesus wasn't silent in the Greek and Roman Empire. No. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to bring good news to the poor. To bring good news to the poor. Proclaim relief to the captive. So this is our business. We have to speak. We have to match. We have and we must start the conversation. Because without a conversation, we cannot. We cannot move forward. It's the time. The time is now for America, Americans, for us to start the conversation, start the dialogue across this country. It's a time for the church to rewrite what she did. Rewrite and live out her prophetic voice in the midst of the oppression of God's people. It's a time for the church. I challenge churches. Have a dialogue in every church across America. Listen to us. Listen to black and brown people. Listen. Have a conversation. Know our story. You see, in the spirit resolution, storytelling is powerful. Listen. Know our story. And let's have a dialogue. And let's be able to come together our brothers and sisters. As Martin Luther King said, at the table of brotherhood and sisterhood. Yes, there's a way forward. We can change the laws and policy, but as we change them, we have to change our hearts and soul. Because if we make the progress, If we don't search our hearts, a racist will get there and he will get rid of that policy. Police accountability policy, when black people were dying, were put in place for Barack Obama. And what happened? When a racist president got there, he got rid of it. So we got to go deep down into our hearts and soul. Who claim to be Christian, to be people of God. We must go deep down into our soul. We must start a conversation and a dialogue. Maybe the best way to have it is to start. Find yourself a white friend. Find yourself a black friend. And let's listen to one another's story. Let's listen to one another's story. Truth, racial healing and transformation. Cycles. We need to. We need to, you know, to my church, United Methodist Church. It's not just going to general conference and have one service and we see some racial healing service and people cry and we go back and systemic racism continue in the church. No, that's not it to my fellow United Methodist. That's not it. It's about a United Methodist Church, an honor conference, setting up a commission on truth, racial healing and transformation. 
and I commission in every local church who can be able to sit down and have circles of conversation. Have conversation. Have conversation and talk about this issue. The church is a time. And I hope our church can do that. But the sad thing about it, the church spend more resources and time on same-sex marriage instead of racism. That's the truth. We went to cycle meetings and different different meetings talking about about sexual orientation and same-sex marriage. It's a time you take those cycles and turn it to be a conversation on race, on race, racial healing, on race. It's a time. Again, as I get to a close, I want to say thank you for listening uh, on Darkenacom Church and Society. Uh, I want to tell you I'm going to be here again next Saturday. And that's a very interesting topic I'm going to be talking about. I'm going to be talking about praising and color. The praising, praising and color. Praising and color. Yes, it's a reality, and there is a way forward, and we can be able to go forward. We, we as a people, we can, we can. We as a people, we can. And the church, we can. We can. Every man must be respected because God loves him. The worth of an individual does not lie in the measure of his intellect, his racial origin, or his social position, says Dr. King. God loves each one of us. Whenever this is recognized, whiteness and blackness pass away as determines in the relationship and sons and brothers as substitutes. But we must check into our hearts to move forward. It's not just changing policy. It's not just changing policy. But we must start a conversation, a dialogue about America's original sin, racism. We can. We can. Yes, we can. So to my white friends, find yourself a black friend. To my black friend, find yourself a white friend. And start listening to our stories. And to all those young white kids out there. Demonstrating for justice. Bravo. Everybody is God somebody. <laughs>